Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with as many five stars as Georgia. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. The final conference in our preview series is the SEC. Be sure to check out the YouTube episodes we'll have up throughout the next few days covering the conference in more detail. We'll have some team-specific episodes. We'll have our 1 through 14 rankings of the conference. But let's get to our burning questions here. First one, which player is the biggest X factor to his team having a successful season? I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson, uh, Florida. The, you know, that the East number two spot behind Georgia is pretty pretty wide open and florida is one of those teams vying for it yeah, they they won the division just a, you know a year ago and then once things went south this past year they gave up fired dan mullen emory jones is gone so now it's all anthony richardson he's incredibly gifted athletically averaged almost eight yards per carry the challenge is getting him to be more consistent through the air under 60 percent last year six touchdowns to five picks but Billy Napier, he brought in a, a few nice transfer pieces on the line and at running back to help him on, t- on top of bringing back some productive receivers. So if he can be a more productive passer, then this Gators offense could be really strong and help them compete in the East. Seems like yeah. Milo yeah, thinks like- he's got that dog in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that pick though, Trey, uh, for sure. Um, all right. I, I'm trying to go away from a QB just because, I mean, they, they probably are like, the biggest X factors, but I don't know. I just wanted to venture away from that. So I took a wide receiver. I took Jaden Hazelwood um, from Arkansas, the transfer from OU. Um, he got pretty high praise from Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator um, during the spring. Um, and they they really need someone to help fill the void uh, left by Traylon Burks. Um, he, Traylon Burks was essentially their passing game last year. He was KJ Jefferson's by far favorite target and just came up with so many huge plays. Um, so they, and they desperately need somebody to step up there because there's concerns there's there's without him i'm not sure what they what they got warren thompson is back but he was you know it's he's i think he's a senior it's hard to imagine for him to take a huge leap after you know being in college for a while bryce stevens he does that potential along with keetron jackson but i think it's really hazelwood i think he's the guy that has the best chance to make a big impact that could really kind of alter arkansas season so i think a lot rides on him i feel like everything you just said there could be applied to uh, maybe Tavion Robinson at Kentucky because they're they're having yeah. to replace Wandale Robinson, who was so much of their offense. And we'll see; it, it remains to be yeah, seen. But fair. Tavion Robinson coming in from Virginia Tech apparently has been getting some high praise in practice. But that's not my answer. My answer is Spencer Rattler transferring in, of course, from OU uh, because South Carolina's defense wasn't bad last year and should be solid again. Um, but it was the offense that was horrible. And going from the quarterbacks they had last year to Spencer Rattler is <laughs> the biggest upgrade you can get. It, well, I guess you could add Bryce Young, but you, you get the picture. It's a really, really <laughs> big, big upgrade. Pretty big gap. And around him, I think there's enough talent to where if he lives up to the hype he had you know, after year one at OU, this could be a, a pretty good offense. It could make a really massive leap because the O-line has a ton of experience. It hasn't been good, but you know, it's going to be much improved with all they have coming back. They added a, a really good running back, Christian Beal Smith from Wake Forest. Uh, one of the best FCS receivers from James Madison, Juice Wells. 
Corey Rucker, one of the best Sunbelt receivers from Arkansas State. So on and on down the list, they they really have addressed their weaknesses on offense. And I don't know how a, a system like SP Plus is accounting for these upgrades specifically. Like I don't know exactly what he's doing, if it's only taken into account in terms of increasing their percentage of returning production. But if that's the case, they're going to be underrating South Carolina because bringing in Spencer Rattler is is not just production right it's it's just a massively improved yeah in the talent department yeah i mean we we begrudgingly put in 12th in our sec rankings but somebody had you know we, we weren't confident with it seems like there was just yeah sec's just too good somebody had to fall there but it's you know. it's one of those where you, you whoever you put 12th you feel like well i think they'll probably end up being better than this but yeah you have to put someone there have to put someone there yeah exactly yeah I think that you also a lot of people around the country are going to point to whoever wins the A and M quarterback job as a big X factor if if A and M wants to be a a threat in the SEC. All right, which SEC games can be conference or non conference? Are you most looking forward to? Yeah, I I like to go to the non conference games. I like those types of matchups. I'm going week one, uh, Utah at Florida. To me, that is such an intriguing game. Um, it, the point spread like two and a half right now. Utah is like ranked number seventh, at least preseason. Florida's Florida's unranked. So pretty, pretty good amount of respect there, I think for Florida, but you know, it's in Gainesville, I guess. So I don't know. I Wait, just so two and a half, really two and a half. Good. Who's favored Utah? Yeah. Utah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just didn't see that being a really good game. I think Florida's going to be much improved. Utah is a steady started program that has a lot of pieces coming back. So, I mean, if Florida is able to pull off that game and pull off that win, I think you know right out of the gate they're for real. I mean, they're going to be a really good team because Utah's no joke. Well, they're not an Ivy League team. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Well, you know? that's a good point. You know? <laughs> but yeah, who is? Fair enough. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. I I kind of cheated on this one. I just went week one in general. There's there's so many good uh, SEC yeah, games. You named one. one right there. Uh, Cincinnati at Arkansas. Big game for Arkansas yeah. to start out because. Trey mentioned in our YouTube yeah. episode, they've got a, a a brutal schedule overall, and especially just after those first couple games. So uh, even though Cincinnati's a really good team, you know, individually, it doesn't seem like it would be a bad loss, but Arkansas's favored, you know, I think around a touchdown, you, you can't lose that if you, if you want to have a, a season like you're hoping for. And yeah. then we got Oregon, Georgia, Dan Lanning against his old team playing in Atlanta, and then Florida State LSU in New Orleans, and that one's on on Sunday of Week One, so that's it gets the stage to itself. Oh, I thought it was Monday. Is it Sunday or Monday? Uh, I think it's Sunday. Monday. Oh, there must be another team on I Monday. That was the... I'm forgetting. I'm look right now, but sure, yeah. I'm trying to come up with it before All you right, find well... it, because who plays Monday? Uh. <laughs> I'm not. It's not coming to me. Ah, uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Okay, I wasn't going to come up with that. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll go one conference game, one non-conference game. Conference game, Texas A&M at Alabama. Uh, we've talked about it before, just about the whole off-season saga with with Jimbo and and Nick Saban, the, the beef that they shared. And then not to mention, of course, A&M upset Alabama last year, so there's a little bit of revenge factor. So that one will be compelling. And then um, I'll go. Oh, well, we've we've already talked about it on this podcast. I guess I won't. So I'm not going to. It's Alabama, Texas, but uh, 
That's that's obviously a huge one. But the one that's intriguing yeah. to me is Arkansas at BYU. Uh, it's in and it's odd because it's in the middle of the season, October fifteenth, and and the Razorbacks will have finished a, a four game slate where they've played at A and M, Alabama, at Mississippi State, and then now at BYU. So, be a fun one in Provo. I had yeah. a, a dream BYU's about got a couple of good teams coming in. They got Baylor also, I think, coming into yeah. Provo this year. So. Some, some good home games. I had a dream about the Texas A&M Alabama game, and I can't remember exactly, but I think it was tied either 24-24 or 34-34 late in the game. So if that happens, wow, mm. I saw the future. Put yeah, that in you your go. calendar. Uh, remind yourself. I should put a reminder well, we of that. The clairvoyant bro moment there. Yeah, that would be the ultimate. I should, yeah. I should go with one of them, but I don't, rem- I don't remember which it was. Which All one's right. more if likely? either come to fruition... <laughs> Yeah. I'll give you credit. All right, let's move on. Next question. Uh, who is the second best team in the SEC East? I'm going Tennessee. The offense is going to be one of the best in college football. Hendon Hooker, we love him on this podcast, had an insanely good 2021. He's back. His top receiver, Cedric Tillman, back. Top running back, Jabari Small. Uh, four starters on the offensive line. No huge question marks on that side of the ball. Maybe you know who the number two and three receivers, how good they'll be, but that's uh, kind of nitpicking there. So offense will be great. And the defense, you know, I think last year didn't have the depth to sustain the whole season. Uh, their final numbers were not good and, and kind of the end of the season really caused that, but they weren't nearly as bad as we thought. I feel like people's are talking about them like they're they're god awful, and they weren't god awful last year. You know, in aggregate, especially when you take into account um, before some of the injuries started happening. Happening, so they're middle of the pack in returning production on that side of the ball. If they can take a step forward under the coaching staff in year two, then maybe Tennessee can be a top fifteen team. Yeah, I ultimately settled on Tennessee too, but but I had to waffle a little bit more. I mean, Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, even South Carolina. I, there's a lot of teams that are in the mix, um, but I, I ended up being most torn, I think, between Tennessee and Kentucky because like, like I looked on paper, Tennessee has the slightly tougher SEC slate um, since they draw Alabama in the West, but Kentucky does have to travel to Knoxville, so I kind of settled it there just because obviously I love what, what the Vols have on offense, and I think in that particular game, Kentucky will have a hard time keeping up with them because like Will Levis, he's getting a lot of praise he could be very good, but I kind of need him to prove it before I, I really believe it, especially losing guys like we've mentioned, Wandell Robinson, and and they have a new offensive coordinator. And so I, I just, the Vols D could let them down, but I, I ultimately said their their offense will will power them through. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to go a different way. I'm not going to go with Tennessee. I'm going to take uh, maybe a little off the radar here. I'm going to take the Florida Gators. Um, I actually think that this roster that Dan Mullen recruited is is more suited for Billy Napier style than Mullen. So I think I'm, I'm anticipating Napier getting the most out of this squad. Um, I think they're going to be a drastically improved uh, rushing team with a good dual threat um, runner like Anthony Richardson at quarterback. I think they're going to have a deep stable of running backs. I think that the Louisiana transfer Montreal, Montreal Johnson will end up being the lead guy. He's a physical back. Um, they got a few um, starters back in the offensive line plus 
an all-conference Sunbelt transfer from Louisiana and another one from not, not an all-conference, but another transfer from Louisiana on the line. So I think they're going to be improved on the O-line. Receivers aren't great. That's definitely not the strongest that, that's point. That's my of biggest the question mark with Florida. It's just the passing game in general because Anthony Richards, yeah. Richardson has talent, but we don't know if he's a good passer and and the receiving core. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, question. there's no doubt that's that that's a concern. But I'm just kind of banking on the fact that at Louisiana, when they won a ton of games, they never had a big passing game there. They never had receivers mm-hmm. go for, you know, big yards or anything like that. They just did it with a strong running game and good defense. And I think they're going to be able to do that here. Um, so it's moving over to that defense now. The defense is it was bad last year, but they like Trey mentioned earlier, they really kind of seem to like gave up after like halfway through the year. So I don't think they're quite as bad as they, they shown at the end. Um, they do have quite a bit of returning production actually though. If you, eight, eight starters, if you count Vontrell uh, Miller, who missed all of last year, but he's a proven good linebacker. Brenton Cox Jr. Could get you 10 plus sacks this year. I think he had eight or eight and a half last year. Uh, Grevin Dexter should be a stud D tackle. Jason Marshall looks like a, one of those next kind of Florida corners that should be, you know, uh, great you know going to the nfl one day so i think with a renewed focus renewed energy new staff kind of a you know a a commitment to running the ball and a new defense that's going to be a little more i don't know motivated i think this uh, will be a a pretty darn good team because there's still talent there so uh, they're not that far off it's not unheard of that they're going to be second here i think they're right right in line with all those other teams i think florida is a great case of like potentially buying low because we all everyone knows they were better than what they put on the field at the very end of the last year like they're 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 they were much better <laughs> dude yeah they, we saw the alabama a, game they almost yes yeah, almost beat yeah. yeah exactly exactly so that's what i'm hoping is the case with usc too though <laughs> they kind of got killed yeah. early in the season when they really shouldn't have given up yet <laughs> but <laughs> little anyway <laughs> game two uh, and yeah usc west of course because we're at we're on an sec podcast yeah, was, right now yeah. so yes uh, which SEC players will have breakout seasons in 2022? All right. First, I'm going to go with Jackson Dart, Ole Miss. He's the quarterback transfer from USC. I know Luke Altmyer is still in the mix, but uh, I'm just kind of going with the assumption of Dart, but you could plug in Altmyer, I guess. But, you know, Lane Kiffin, he, he has a creative offense, always seems to get a lot out of his quarterbacks. We saw what Matt Corral did the last couple of years. Kiffin, of course, he led a top offense at Alabama. He got Florida Atlantic to have good offenses. Then his two Ole Miss offenses have been top 20 in SP+. Then he's got a guy like Zach Evans uh, at running back to hand it off to. Uh, a lot of other transfers from you know, the transfer king, Lane Kiffin. So I just I think Jackson Dart will have a big year. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Texas A&M defensive end, Tunise Adeleye. Um, the Aggies, they lost – a lot from their defensive line. Three guys who had seven or more sacks are gone, plus big defensive tackle Jaden Peavy. So that's those are some studs that they lost. Now, I do have studs replacing them. So, um, But if they do want to have, you know, one of the best defenses in the conference slash the nation, um, they need new, those new, new guys to step up. So, I, But I think this guy, Tunmise, uh, he's going to be really, really good. He's, he's a Big defensive end, 6'4", 295, but he moves real well. Supposedly, he made a, some really big strides this spring, so the coaches are high on him. I think he's going to be in store for you know a big breakout year here. Okay, my first breakout player is going to be from the Alabama receiving core. And take your pick there, because there's a, 
a lot of production yeah. to replace, and there will be a lot of production. It's just a matter of who it's who it's going to be. I'll, I'll say Tyler Harrell, the the transfer from Louisville. He had twenty nine point one yards per catch <laughs> last season at Louisville. How many catches? Very did he fast. Fifteen, I believe. So oh, that wow. that adds up. He had like a, close to six hundred yards or something. I don't know if that math worked out there, but that something math was like that. Really off. Yeah. Okay. Well, then <laughs> five. Wait, like, what did I say? 15 times 30? 30 yards no, a catch. That's like 450. That's like 500 about, right? Okay. Close to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So close to 500. I was off. You're right. But you have um, to remember he doesn't have Cunningham throwing to him. He's got some yeah. bum named Bryce Young. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, I might have been, maybe I was low on the catches. Maybe he had more catches oh, okay. than 15. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, I don't know. It's not important. It's in that range. (laughs) And now he's in an offense, like Trey says, with a bum, Bryce Young. They're going to pass more, of course, than Louisville does. Louisville is a very heavy run team, though Bama might run a little bit more this year than than usual. Um, It's it's just hard to say how the receptions are going to be split up between Jermaine Burton transferring in from Georgia, though he would be a breakout, but less of a breakout than Harrell, just because we saw Burton at a big time program so his name right. is maybe more known Ja'Cory Brooks and Jojo Earl two guys that sh- need to step up from uh you know f- they're homegrown but uh but yeah I went with Harold all right I I'm gonna go Dallas I'm gonna stay with Alabama Dallas Turner linebacker you could argue he he broke out a little bit last year as a freshman but he was totally overshadowed uh by Will Anderson who just put up preposterous numbers and then also Christian Harris was a stud. Henry Toto, he led the team in tackles. So, you know, Anderson and Toto returned, which I think means Dallas Turner might not get the attention from opposing offenses that those guys get, and he should put up some real gaudy numbers. I think coming into his second year, being comfortable in the system, he's going to put the the 30 tackles, the eight, eight and a half sack numbers that he had from last year to shame, and I think he'll be one of the best linebackers in the SEC, and he'll become more prominent nationally. Yep, I yeah, agree last with that season, one. Last season, he didn't have a sack until the beginning of November. So the fact that he put up eight and a half, because it was wow, a true freshman season, so he's just getting worked in, but that's, what a, yeah. That's insane. It is. He should, he should have a monster year, too. Yes, he should. All right, moving on. We have uh, my next one. I got Mason Smith, uh, LSU defensive tackle. I think this guy could be really special for them. He was a five-star recruit last year, played uh, played a bit last year, more of a backup role, but he had four sacks um, in, in just seven games. Um, but I think this is the year where he's really going to, you know, sophomore season, he's going to make a big impact. Um, for, just kind of foresee his trajectory as a lot of LSU defensive linemen you've seen lately. I think he's going to play, he's going to start for a couple of years. Then he's going to take off to the NFL because he's just that good. He's that got that much ability. So Mason Smith should be in store for some some big big couple years here. Okay, my next breakout player, Jamon Dumas Johnson, linebacker for Georgia. As a true freshman last year, he had 22 tackles, two sacks, and a pick. Graded out really well by Pro Football Focus. And now with you know we know Georgia is losing an insane amount on the defense and. and Really, they lose guys at every level, but at linebacker, N'Kobe Dean, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, a couple more. There's there's room for guys to step up, and he should take on a much, much bigger role. Yep. All right. Now I'm, uh, I am in a pickle who I could choose. 
Uh, I'll just say the running back at Georgia. Um, you got Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, even Branson Robinson is a freak physically, but he's a freshman. I guess I'll go with Kenny McIntosh, but really it's becoming more running back you. Uh, even though it's been more of a, a committee acro- approach in the Kirby Smart era, they still all put up good numbers. And it, we all know it's not going to be on all on Stetson Bennett's shoulders. So the backs play a, a big role in the Georgia succession. And McIntosh also helps in the return game. So I'm anticipating that committee, but McIntosh to also have a big year. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who, yeah, you could argue he broke out, but I don't think quite yet. Zach Evans, uh, running back now for Ole Miss. He was at TCU before that. He only, I think his leading his sophomore year, he had like 600 something yards. So that's not, I'm still thinking he hasn't quite broke out, but he was, when he did play, he was really good. He had 146 carries in his, in his two years and he, his average yards per carry was 7.3. I mean, so he was, he was doing some things. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And so you know, with Ole Miss and their creative and explosive offense, I think he's going to just kind of not, I think he's going to take Jerry on Ely's numbers, what his production was and kind of do even better. Cause I think he's just a better athlete. So I think Zach Evans is in store for quite a big year. Yeah. Most schools with what they lost at running back, uh, would be in trouble if they were Ole Miss, but bringing yeah. in, um, Evans and Ulysses Bentley. Yeah. Ulysses Bentley. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. From SMU. He, that yeah. is, they're great. Yeah, yeah. that man. Okay, let's see. Uh, I'm just going to give some honorable mentions here. Uh, well, I already mentioned Juice Wells, the James Madison transfer to South Carolina at receiver. Drew Sanders at at Arkansas, the former five star yeah. linebacker from uh, from Bama. And well, this one really should not count at all. But Jalen Carter at Georgia on the D line, just because <laughs> he was he, overshadowed. Yeah, he was overshadowed because he, he was probably like, what, the fifth or sixth most famous player on that defense, if that. And some people <laughs> are insane. saying he's the best. He actually yeah, had, he was arguably the best, man. Yeah, he led them, I think, in, um, I heard Bill Connolly say Pressure rate uh, or something. Oh, maybe pressure rate as well, but it was like tackles per snap. It's a pretty oh, good yeah, stat he, to lead. Yeah, oh. he put up good stats, even though it was like the literal stats weren't that great. It was just his overall impact was huge. Yeah. All right. Who is going to take the most snaps at quarterback for LSU and Texas A&M? All right. Uh, I'll start off with um, – I'm going to start with Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, we got Haynes King and Max Johnson. Uh, and then Connor Wigman is the the true freshman. He seems maybe like that would be a bit of a, a, a stretch as a true freshman to come in. So I pretty much it seems, sounds like it's Haynes King and Max Johnson. Max Johnson, of course, played a couple seasons at LSU – Last year, put up some pretty darn good numbers for a team that kind of struggled to run the ball. So his passing statistics were, were rather impressive. Haynes King, he won the job to start last year for, for Texas A&M, but then, of course, got hurt pretty much right out of the gate. So didn't see him again. It's neck and neck, man. But I, I, my my personal choice, and I've said this all along, is Max Johnson. I think he's going to win the job just because he's proven. Um, he's put up good numbers already in the SEC, and he's got got a little bit of wheels to him. So I don't know. I don't know. I think you're got a, you think you know you have a decent floor with Max Johnson. Yeah, you definitely do. I'm gonna go the opposite way though. I'll say Haynes King. It just seems like the rumblings I've heard. I'm sure AM fans who kind of follow the forums and whatnot would would know better, yeah. but seems like maybe he's got a slight edge. I don't know if that's if that's true. Let us know, AM fans. But uh 
but yeah, and just the fact that he's been in the system longer and and that that speed can't can't teach speed, Ryan. Yeah, no, he's a he's true. a more capable runner, and his legs are definitely more of an asset than Johnson. But uh, that's why I also went with Haynes King. All right, fair enough. Two two against one. I hope I pull that one out. Mm. Um, all right, we got uh, LSU now. I'll, it's now a two person race, a two horse race after Miles Brennan. Uh, decided to no, step people. away from they're people. What's that? <laughs> oh, they're people, not horses. <laughs> yeah, you corrected yourself on persons, not horses. <laughs> Seemed oh, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, better, better, uh, you know, kind of terminology there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, Miles Brennan, who a lot of people, you know, if you rewind kind of back to the spring, uh, thought Brennan, Brennan would be the guy. Um, I didn't. When I, when when the news broke out that Jaden Daniels was going to transfer to LSU. Uh, I put out, we put out a video. I did, I guess that Jaden Daniels was going to be my prediction of who was going to start. And I'm not changing that now. And especially now that miles Brennan has gone, uh, Daniels is experienced, played a few years at ASU, um, kind of seemingly regressed a little bit as the years went on. His first year was pretty good. Second year, eh, barely played COVID. And then last year wasn't that great, but don't think he had the supporting cast. So I like Jaden Daniels. I think he fits, uh, the style of the offensive coordinator a little bit better. So yeah, I'm going to go with him over Garrett Nussmeyer, the other freshman. Reg. Yeah, I was a, a few months ago, I was on Miles Brennan as, of course it was kind of a toss up, but that, that would have been my guess. I don't like my chances uh, of that now. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that was a three horse look. race. Yeah, yeah, that was a three was. horse. Yep. And they decided to go with two people. Now I, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you though about Jaden Daniels, just, because of the mobility fitting Den Brock's you know, office coordinator yeah, exactly. system, that is what is kind of did it for me. And Because they inherited Nussmeyer. He's very talented, and, and people seem to like him, so maybe he'll win. But I guess it's just the fact that they handpicked Daniels, whereas Nussmeyer exactly. they inherited. I know. I This one, I was I went with Daniels because of the experience factor and what Mike Denbrock likes. But he's similar to, to Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. But... I just like Jaden Daniels just seemed to regress. I know the team around him got a little worse, but I'm, but Hey, maybe Brian Kelly and Denbrock can, can boost him up with uh, some players around him. But I, I do think Nussmeyer, he's going to see the field, but I just think yeah. more from day one, it might be Daniels. Yeah. That's so a good point. A I think we're kind of saying Daniels more, more early. Maybe we're wrong on that, but that's our guess, but it wouldn't surprise me. You're right. I'm not super high on Daniels. Like I, I could see yeah. him losing the job to Nussmeyer. So, it's a toughie. By the way, this happened last episode as well. It sounds like f- coming from one of you guys, there's like, it sounds like someone is kicking a, um, you know, like a door stopper and how it kind of like bounces back. That's what it sounds hmm. like. I so don't know which I, one. I, I, sh- I shake, I guarantee you it's me because I shake my leg and so I'm probably bumping something. Oh. Okay, a, I've got RLS, so <laughs> I heard, I heard it last episode, and as I was editing, I was like, "Oh, whatever, I'll leave it in." But then uh, I'm like, "Well, it kind of sounds like maybe I'm farting or something," and that that I, I don't, don't know what specifically that. it is, but I I always constantly shake my legs, so my bad if it is me. Well, I got barking dog syndrome over here, so so okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on. We got uh, <laughs> such a weird way to say it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Just to clarify, right, Ryan has a dog. He himself <laughs> <Yeah>. does not bark. <laughs> I do. I do a nice dog voice, though. A nice dog bark. All right, let's hear it. 
Oh, it's going to sound terrible through the mic. Can't do that. Oh, yeah, sure. Don't want to put the listeners through that sort of torture. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll save Uh, it for a Patreon. (laughs) 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 Wow. There you go. That wasn't the best. That wasn't my best effort. I wasn't my best effort. Uh, All right. If I, I I know it's good when my dog will come and run at me, like when he's, when I do that. If it's, mm-hmm. if it's a good one, he'll think it's another dog in the in the in the apartment. But all right, who's going to win the SEC and the divisions? Well, I kind of want to say the dogs after that display. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, I will say the dogs win the East. Georgia, yes, is yes. is. I guess there's a few dogs in the SEC, but yeah, uh, Georgia. Are there how many dogs are there? You got Mississippi State, Georgia Mississippi State. Is that it? Is that it? I think that's it, right? Just the bulldogs. Well, bulldogs. yeah, the ball's mascot is a dog. Uh, true, but it's true. not. I think there's two bulldogs there's and there's like three tigers. Or right? three, three tigers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Georgia. The offense returns a lot. Have we talked about Georgia this episode, or was that in the YouTube episode? You talked about the linebackers. I, I brought up. I think you I did. brought out. Yeah, you did. I brought the running back, Jalen Carter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we haven't talked much about the offense. Of, of course, you've got Stetson Bennett back at quarterback and. He was good last year. Like I know, we, he he doesn't get a, a ton of credit, and and probably if you looked at our quarterback rankings episode, we're guilty of that as well. But the offense should be very good with with how much they return and yep. I receive with Brock Bowers back. He's he could only be better. He was a freshman last year, so offense will be good and defense. Of course, it, they lose a ton and mostly first rounders, which is crazy, but. They're going to replace them with former five stars and four stars. So they will. Yeah, they're the clear favorite out there. I don't think I needed to make the case for Georgia, but Alabama in the West is my pick. I just they're incredible on both sides of the ball there. I mentioned this in the Big Ten episode, but they are one A and one B with Ohio State. I think I might prefer Alabama just because, well, the defense is is a pretty big gap with will anderson dallas turner adding eli ricks to an already good secondary i just and and offensively if that receiving core if tyler harrell and jermaine burton hit then they won't be far behind uh ohio state if at all so alabama's my pick to to win the sec yeah i i think probably a clean sleep here but i'm i'm going alabama over georgia tried to look past georgia in the east but not only are they great they have they have the easiest schedule of of kind of the, those contenders, especially since they only draw Mississippi State and Auburn from the West. So have to like Georgia and Alabama. And yeah, I know there's a little bit of the concern on the wideouts, but Bill O'Brien will get them, especially with, with the Heisman winner tossing it to them. And that defense, which was a liability last year, is going to be such an asset. Um, they want revenge on Georgia from the national title. I think they're a little bit more deeper, a little bit more deep this year, and and they'll get that and beat Georgia. Yeah, this is the the about the easiest one to pick. Alabama versus Georgia and Bama over them. I wanted to try to take Georgia over them in the SEC title game, but just with as much as they have to replace on defense, I, I can't. But, you know, I don't think it's a super huge gap between them. I think Georgia's still going to have a really, really good defense. But, man, Bama's just I, – I, I think their defense with their pass rush is just going to be so hard for anybody to handle. So, yep, Bama over Georgia in the uh, SEC title game. 
Okay, that'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you haven't already. Of course, check out our YouTube episodes, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.